Welcome to SIDcast, a podcasting resource dedicated to telling stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information and athletic communications profession. A podcast that you can find on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a rating or review and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at SportsInfoCast on both of those platforms. What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibbs. I am the host and founder of SIDcast. If you're going to hear some things in the background, that's because I am driving right now. Uh, I had no excuse other than I forgot my laptop at my house, and uh, I needed to go get that in order to put the episode out for you guys today as you're hearing it. So I am driving at 1030 at night all the way across town of Evansville. And if you've ever been here before, it takes quite a while to get across town, uh, but that's the way that you have to do it. I could have made a million excuses as to why the episode was late or not put out today. I was going to say tomorrow, but today that is. Uh, Instead, I chose to take initiative and go make it happen for you guys. Now, that little intro that you heard, I want to kind of test that thing, some things like that out. I want to get a little bit experimental this year. We just wrapped up um, some like feedback surveys that I gave to newsletter subs and I eventually uh, made it available to everybody else who gave me feedback. I want to thank you for that very much. I've also taken a look at what iTunes has done as far as their new analytics are concerned. With It's in, I think, beta testing. It's uh, very much beta testing because it says I have 12 listeners all time, which is false. Uh, but they also show me that you guys don't listen to the intro as much you skip through it. So I'm trying to make it so that uh, the intro is short, concise, and only filled with pertinent information that you may need. So I'm going to leave it at that. This one is kind of a long one. Just know that Chris Sabato was on way back on episode number 22. If you go to sidcast.fireside.fm slash 22, and uh, you'll be able to listen to part one of our conversation with Chris Sabato almost two years ago. But we'll first start off, I know we got a whole brand new audience listening to us, a couple hundred more of you per episode actually listen. Uh, may know Chris, but not know his story. So we will start off episode number 104 of SID Cast with Chris Sabato of the Willamette Bearcats with his very first taste of sports information right here on SID Cast. probably be so I started off um in college athletics as a as a track and field coach at Rhodes College in Memphis Tennessee and Rhodes College actually didn't even have their first like real SID full-time SID Uh until like two or three years ago um and I was there and we're 15 years ago something like that now and so this was a a long time ago and we kind of had as a, as a coaching staff, we kind of had to do our own thing. And so we, we wrote our own stories for the website. And if we were having doing camps, we did our camp brochures and we did all that stuff. We did mm-hmm. our own media guides and everything like that. And so when I was, when I was at Rhodes, I was, I was, I was pretty, uh, you know, my, my background's in engineering. And so I'm uh-huh. real, 
real keen on like I'm gonna figure this stuff out. Like if I don't know how to do it, I can I'm, let me figure it out. And so uh-huh. I you know I figured out how to do this stuff and. Um, so the track stuff people liked. And so then I helped, I did some camp stuff for some other coaches. And, um, so even though I wasn't, I didn't, you know, I was, I, if someone asked me what I did, I would tell them, I well, I'm a track and field coach, but looking back at it, hindsight's 2020 and looking back at it now, and a lot of what I did that was, was SID stuff, stuff that, that at a bigger school and SID would take care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so that's kind of where it all started. Yeah, but you, as you mentioned, you were a, uh, and I'm starting to come back to me now, an engineering guy. You went to Alfred University, right? Yeah, yep. I got a, a degree in electrical engineering from Alfred. And what kind of drew you there? I know you're from the New York area. You got your Sabres jacket on right now. Yeah. I know that you well, and uh, you and your wife is it that went to uh, the Bills game? Yeah. Uh, over break. Yeah. My my parents have season tickets, and um, my wife's family's from Oregon, and my family's from from Western New York, and so we split split Christmases every other year, and mm-hmm. so this year was uh, our year to be in Buffalo, and my parents have season tickets, and so usually uh, it, it, there's a home game while we're back there, and they, they let us use their tickets, and so that's I, I love it. Yeah, I mean I, I tried the Bills played uh, the Seahawks a couple years ago up in Seattle. And the tickets were so like astronomically expensive. Uh-huh. I, you know, it's just like it's crazy. And so, I'm I'm happy that that I got a chance to to see the Bills. Yeah, but what kind of? I know that you you grew up. You were a track and field athlete at Alfred, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. can you take us through kind of? I know there are we have a lot of student athletes that that kind of take this engineering route. I went to uh, first. I went to an engineering small college um, where a lot of our a lot of my teammates were engineers actually. So what was it like for you, kind of balancing all that work that you had to be doing uh, as well as being a track and field athlete? You know, I, looking back, it it was just the way it was you know i didn't really you don't really think about it it's just that's that's what you did and um you know one of the things that they tell you coming out of high school is you're going to have so much more free time in college Mm -hmm. and um while that was true when you're doing a sport and you're doing engineering you have a little less free time than (laughs) you know someone who's an english major And, and um you know alfred there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of engineers at Alfred. It's a, it's a huge engineering school. Um, so most of my friends were engineers and that's just kind of, you just did, that was just the way it was. You didn't even think about it, like, Oh, I've, I've got, this is so hard to do so much. And it was just, just what you did. You just did it. You just, you know, you went to practice, you did your labs, you did your work and, uh, that was it. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I know coming out of college, you, you like you mentioned for Rhodes, you became a uh, track and field coach. Actually, uh, was were you more especially toward pole vault, or what kind of uh, specialist group were you geared toward? Yeah, I was. Uh, I I was. I coached the, basically sprints and jumps. Um, I it, at Rhodes, I I did all the workouts for the the sprinters and the jumpers, and um, those were those were my groups. Um, and I mean, I've. I have physically done just about every event on the track at one point or another from, yeah. from the, the hammer to the steeplechase. Um, but sprints and jumps is, is that's my, what is that called a decathlete? Why don't you just do become a decathlete? Well, I, I, <laughs> Alfred's uh, track program at the time was not super strong. Uh-huh. I think in my, my four years there, I think we had seven head coaches, 
So, I mean, there was one year where we had a different head coach for cross country, indoor, and outdoor. We had three head coaches in one year. Wow. Okay. So it, the program was not uh, on stable terms, and it it it, it was it, uh, I would say it was not as serious it is as it is there now, and as um, as it was at Rhodes when I got there, and Willamette when I got here. Um, but I had asked. I was like, Hey, can I can I do the decathlon? And they're like, No. 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 <laughs> Yeah, but but I, I I've done I've done it to, after that, I've done a decathlon and when I when I got to uh, Willamette, um, we had a decathlete that um, needed competition and we took him to a meet and there was they needed one more person to make it an actual and official meet and so all right you know I'll, go I'll, ahead. I'll do a decathlon. <laughs> you ever heard the story of uh, Bo Jackson when he was a decathlete in Alabama or Georgia wherever he grew up at? Um, he was so good at everything else. That when it came time to run, well, I think it was like the 1500. This was in high school, you know? Like, we don't do decathlons in high school in Indiana. So, like, he he, he was up by so many points in the decathlon that he uh, just basically walked the 1500. And he hated it so much that he told his coach, he goes, Coach, uh, if I am winning by X number of points, will you, <laughs> will you not let me do the 1500? And the coach is like, yeah, absolutely. So I think it was something like, I don't know the scoring system for it. It was something like 3,000 points or something like that ahead of him. Um, wow. I, I always like that story because that's just so, I think, the epitome of a sprinter. <laughs> yeah. Even when it gets above maybe 200 meters for somebody. but Because uh, I think we had a guy walk a 4x4 one time, and that was damaging. But let's talk a little bit about some sports stuff for you growing up. Um, yeah. You became You were an athlete. You got an engineering degree, but then you went into coaching, and now you're in sports information. So what is it about the engineering thing? Was it the problem solving? Was it the complexity of things for you? Yeah, I, that's just, I mean, I was always, um, when I was little, I was always taking things apart and building things, and, um, you know, I loved Legos and putting stuff together, and when um, when computers kind of came around, I loved tinkering with computers, Um so it was just it was just super interesting to me. It it was, um, it was fun, and so that's kind of that's kind of what what drew. I I don't think there was ever. I mean, if I if I had to look back, and it, I would have to think really hard, but like I don't think there was a time when I was seriously looking at colleges where I wasn't sure what I was going to major in. Uh-huh. I mean, it it was going to be engineering, whether it was electrical or aerospace or. Whatever that yeah. that was still to be determined, but it was I was gonna I was gonna go to school for engineering. Yeah, um, and then I mean to be honest with you, when I when I graduated from college, the engineering market was kind of crappy, and so I struggled to find an engineering job. And so at that point, it was like, all right, well, let's see what else is out there. Um, like I I coached I. Or I, I was an athlete my whole life and you know my my father was a coach it's like let's see if I can maybe I'll give that a whirl <laughs> and so I you know I applied for some jobs and ended up getting the, getting the job at Rhodes and um, I mean the rest is history it's not I didn't make an uh, I didn't you know make this decision it's like I'm you know, I'm giving up engineering to be a track and field coach right, it was more yeah. like it, it was just kind of a it's like well I'll, I'll give this a whirl and, and you know if for the first couple of years coaching, it was like, oh, maybe if an engineering job comes around, I would be interested in it. But yeah. it just, you know, the, the the longer you get into it, the the more it's like, well, this is this being in college athletics was uh, 
was a lot of fun to me. And so it, the longer you're in there, the longer you want to stay. <laughs> so what is there any sort of connection that you've been able to make between that complexity problem solving and what you do now and uh, at Willamette? I, I mean, that to, that's a lot of what I do at Willamette is, um, you know, we're, we're a small private liberal arts college. We don't have huge budgets. Um, you know, we, I'm, I'm sure we have better budgets in some places, but it's not huge. And, you know, one of our biggest things, even outside of budgets, is personnel and finding people to work. And so a lot of what I do is, like, trying to figure out how we can do more with less, um, and that's where a lot of, uh, like my programming knowledge, um, comes in handy. You know, we, uh, we wanted to up our, our, our broadcasts last year. And, you know, when you're, when you're up in your broadcast, when you, you know, when you're first start streaming your, your sports, it's, you know, you put a camera on the sport, you go back and forth and that's, that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's good enough. It's like, okay. <laughs> so the next step though is 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 really to provide some more information on the screen, and that means a score bug. And um, you can do a score bug um, with having somebody sit at a computer and, and you know manually entering the clock and adding points and whatnot. But we didn't have people to do that. And then there was you can get the the score bot, which is the thing that plugs into your to your controller and it does it automatically. Well, we didn't have the money to buy one no. of those, and um, so I spent a couple. I probably spent about well, maybe not quite 40 hours, but I spent a good a good amount of time where I I wrote the code myself to interface with our controller and I created a custom cable and um, and so now we have this we have a score bug that I think is better than most people's most, and yeah. we didn't pay anything for it. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of just a lot of what I do. It's like how can what can we how can we do this? There's there's a solution to this problem, and, um, and if I can solve it with with some code, or if I can build something, or if I can do something, you know, that's that's a huge chunk of what I do. And um, I'm I'm fortunate enough to work at a place where uh, they embrace that and they see the value in in, in those kinds of things, and uh, so it's it's been fun. Let's before we get into a little bit about how you got to Willamette. Um, you mentioned that when you were coming out of college, engineering market wasn't that great. You decided to give uh, coaching a try. Uh, so, what was that kind of mindset like for you? I find that a lot of people that I, I graduated with last December, a lot of people that I hang around now, are, are sort of in the same way. It, it might be one part of sport, but maybe not the part that they want. But they've always had this connection. They're willing to give it a try. So. Um, how important is that at a young age? Do you think to be flexible when you're coming out of college? Um, well, I mean, if you're not flexible and you're not super, super smart, um, you're kind of (laughs) screwed. You know, you don't, you don't really have, there, there's not a lot of people who, um, just get to define what they want to do. You know, you, you've got to be flexible, whether it's, whether it's an engineer looking for an engineering job or uh, an English major looking for a writing job or um, someone who wants to be an SID and looking for an SID job, you're, you're, you don't get to just say, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to um, do it at this place. Mm-hmm. You, you need to be flexible. Um, you know, there are obviously people that are lucky and in, in, in happen upon jobs that they really like in, in, in a place that they really like. But most of us have to sacrifice one way or another and, and be flexible with 
be flexible with pay, be flexible with the location of the job, be flexible with the exact details of the job. Um, as you get older, you can afford to be less flexible. Uh, but when you're first starting out, you, you got to be flexible. There's, it's just, there's just no way around it. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, when, when they look at jobs or they look at the tasks and, and some requirements for it, they might think that, oh, um, that might be beneath them is the best way to put it. I, I think that that kind of mindset needs to, to fly out the window, especially in the sport management field. But, um, so the Willamette job posted for you and, 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 what was it like? What was the job process like? And maybe even getting out to Oregon, because I think something's ringing a bell for me getting out to Oregon for you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I had never even heard of Willamette um, when I was when I was at Rhodes. I went to Rhodes basically with an agreement that I would, if everyone was happy with everyone, I'd be there for two years and then find a job someplace else. You know, they basically said after that, if we like you and you like it here, you can stay. But you're not going to get any more pay. It's not. This is not yeah. a, intended to be a long-term solution. It's intended to be. Um, we're going to give you some experience so you can move on to bigger and better things. And so after, um, at the end of that that two-year span, I applied to a handful of schools. Uh, I, I think most of them. I think most of them were Division three schools. Maybe a couple D two NAI smaller schools. I didn't. I didn't really want uh, after going to Alfred, which is a D3 school, and then working at Rhodes, another D3 school. Uh, that's what I wanted to be around, the, the small college. Um, I, didn't, I didn't want to have to deal with scholarships. It's just – it's not worth it. Um, <laughs> and so I, I applied to a handful of places and ended up getting a, um, getting an interview at Willamette. And um, like I said, I didn't know anything about Willamette. And I did a little bit of research, and they had uh, – at the time, they had uh, just – I think just finished fourth in the country at, at the track nationals. And, um, I had never really been a part of a winning team. Uh-huh. Um, at, Al- at Alfred, we were terrible. Um, at, uh, at Rhodes, we were decent. Um, but we weren't, we weren't contending for a, a conference championship. And, mm-hmm. um, so just the success of the program, and, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, winning breeds, we, winning breeds winning. And um, regardless of anything else, you look and you say, okay, this this is a winning team. I want to be part of that winning team. And then you look at the other stuff <laughs> to make sure, well, do I really want to be part of this? And um, it was it, it was a long way from home. Um, but I don't think I, I – like I thought about it a little bit, but I didn't really – it was just mainly like – okay, yeah, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I did it and packed up and moved across the country. Um, it was, like I said, it's, it was a long way. Um, at the time, um, I had all my stuff. I was, all my stuff was, was in Memphis at Rhodes. Um, but I was home over the summer. And so to, to head out to Oregon, we had, I had to drive South to Memphis and, and then, then, uh, and then across to, <laughs> To, to Oregon um, and, and my father came with me and we you know I think it was four or five days it took us to you know get down to Memphis pack up all my stuff and head across the uh, across the country and it was one of those things where when I moved to Memphis originally I packed up my truck and just headed to Memphis and it was a f- long way from home but because I could get there in a day it didn't seem as far as it 
as it as it could have. It really was, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was. I mean, it was a, it was a fifteen hour drive, but it was. But I could do it in a day, and I could. I mean, I didn't want to, but if I needed to go home for a couple days, I could just drive home for a couple days. You know, it would be a lot of driving, but it could be done. Mm-hmm. But then when you get to to Oregon, it's just it was that's not possible. There's no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's an adventure. It you know, if you're driving, it's it's five five days minimum and um if you're flying cheap the tickets aren't cheap and so you know as we're driving across the country and we're getting farther and farther and farther away it's just it's starting to sink in it's like holy moses this is i am a long way from home Mm -hmm. and um you know it's you're i'm putting myself out on an island and i don't know anyone out here i don't know anything i'm just kind of going and (laughs) hopefully this is going to work out um and, uh, you know, in the long run it did, but it was, that's one of those things where, um, I think, uh, my, I just had, I, for some reason I was just like, oh yeah, sure. I can, I can, I can absolutely do this. No mm-hmm. problem. And so you make the decision based on that. And then halfway into the decision, you realize, well, this wasn't as easy as I thought. Right. Um, but at that point, you're you're into it so far that you know you kind of got to stick it out, and in the long run, it it, it works out. Uh, let's talk about that mentality a little bit because I, I think if people jump aboard onto something and then don't really take into account that like, hey, I am really far away from home, and that does matter to me. So how were you able to overcome that when you were so far deep into that process? I mean, it, part of it was just um, ego. Um, mm-hmm. You know, once I started feeling a little bit nervous, like I just, oh, I can't, I can't show that I'm nervous. I can't, this is, I said I was going to do this. I'm going to do this. Um, and, and that kind of gets you through the initial part and then you, you get settled and you, you know, you meet people and you start doing your work and, um, the rest of it kind of, kind of fades away. And then you're, you kind of become more at ease with the situation, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I, it, it's one of those things where I, I think a lot a lot of people um, uh, may kind of get to that point and back out. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just not a – that's not really me. I, I want to make sure – if I start something, I want to I finish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, moving ahead, talk about where you first lived when you got to Willamette. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, one, of the, one of the reasons – so when I when – I, took the job at Willamette, the pay at Willamette and Rhodes was exactly the same, but I got, uh, uh, benefits at Willamette. So I got health insurance. So that was, uh, sure. I get to go see a doctor now. Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're in your, in your early twenties, that that's not that, that big a deal, but you know, at that point now I'm starting to get into my mid twenties and it's like, maybe I going to I see a doctor, doctor would yeah. be a nice benefit. <laughs> Um, you know, so I got, you know, I got benefits, um, and it also came with housing and it, it, it's actually the, the housing that it came with was in a, was a four bedroom suite, um, underneath the stadium and it was free, um, mm-hmm. minus the, the, whatever they take out in taxes for giving you free housing, um, but it is one of those things where it's like, oh, sure, all right. I, I get in. It's, I'm making the same amount of money, which is not. It was like ten grand a year, um, and I get insurance, and I don't have to pay rent. Perfect. So, Sign me yeah. up. Yeah. You know that's 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 a pretty good deal. And but when I, and I had 
I had come out here to interview, but I had not actually seen the apartment. Um, but I was, you know, it, it, everything was going so fast. I didn't even think about that. And then when I, when I, I moved out here and, you know, I saw the apartment for the first time when I was moving into it and it was what you would expect for an apartment inside a state, <laughs> inside a stadium. Yeah. Uh, the price was right, but it's, it's just, it's a little tiny dorm room. There's little, four little rooms, a little tiny living room, little tiny kitchen, little tiny bathroom. Um, and it was right above the, the football locker room. And when I first was moving in, I was a little nervous. I was like, this is super sketchy. <laughs> um, but again, it's like, uh, that's free. So uh, or we'll, we'll go, we'll roll with it. And I ended up living, I ended up living in the stadium for four or five years. Um, you know, said it's, it's hard to beat free. You know, there mm. were some, there were some pluses and minuses. You know, we, like I said, it was, it was above the football locker room. There was one summer or one, um, camp, um, August, it's hot in Oregon in August. It's, you know, pushing a hundred degrees. And for some reason, when they turned on the fans in the shower, it was blowing the exhaust from the locker room through the, the exhaust fan above our stove. Wow. So it was, it was basically they were something happened and the locker room was venting into our kitchen <laughs> in August yeah. during, you know, three days when it's a hundred degrees out. Mm-hmm. It was, it was nasty. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, go ahead. Uh, but it, it's just, it, there's, I, there's all kinds of stories like that. I could tell that just strange things that happen when you're, when you're living in a place where people don't normally live or people mm-hmm. don't know that people live. Um, you know, our stadium's in the middle of a, our stadium's in the middle of a park. So, there's always crazy stuff going on in the park. Like the homeless, the right? Of the yeah. What? Like the homeless? Know, it, the homeless, or yeah. just you know, there at some point there was some, there was a, some there was a naked lady that was like like there, like there was cops and I, like I don't know what was happening, but there was a naked lady and cops and a lot of screaming. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you know, there it just strange, strange stuff, and it's just like what? Um, but it's just. You know, at the same time, it's, you know, it was free. It was on campus, essentially. So, I, you know, I didn't have to drive anywhere. I walked to work every day and it was, you know, it, it had, its, had its pluses and it had its minuses. <laughs> Probably more minuses than the pluses part, right? It, yeah. Oh, well, yeah when, yeah. when I look at things right now, there's no way I would I would do that now. But <laughs> back back then, it's like, yeah, sure, this is, I don't have to I pay. Survive, I'll yeah. put up with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So why was there a... Uh, uh, an apartment there in, in the first place in the bottom of the stadium. Uh, I think it was it, originally it just was put there to um, for people like me. Hmm. You know, you you can't we can't afford to pay you full time, but we can give you this place to live. Oh, okay, all right. You well, know. yeah. How did you get roped into uh, sports information from that? Uh, that was it. Was the same same type of stuff like at Rhodes. Um, here, I was started doing some stuff for the track team you know one of the when we when i first came to willamette we had our uh the willamette athletics webpage was um homegrown it was on the willamette's um willamette university's servers and it was old and it was super hard to update and um it 
basically one of the reasons they brought the, the track coaches brought me here is so that I could run the tracks the track team's webpage, which was its own separate webpage because uh-huh. they needed they wanted to be able to get more content out there so that they you know they host a lot of meets and stuff like that and so they could put all this stuff um, and update it themselves because it it just wasn't possible on the on the athletics webpage and so I was doing that kind of stuff and um, the more kind of stuff like that that I did for the track team the more people saw that and kind of wrote me into like well can maybe you can do this for us and um the administration is like okay well we'll we'll pay you more you know you'll get your chunk from track to do track stuff and we'll give you some some money from the administrative side to help with these other duties and and now those kind of grew and evolved and um probably about I don't know, maybe six years ago, something like that. It, it got to the point was basically I was I was full time, um, and fifty percent of my salary was track, fifty percent of it was sports information, and I did that for a couple years, and then eventually moved to full hundred percent to the sports information side. Yeah. So you've kind of expanded from there. I think your full title was like creative projects uh, uh, specialist. Specialist, yeah. yeah. For, so for while, um, yeah, when when I when they moved me from to full time sports information side, it, and I say sports information um, just because that's kind of what everyone understands. Uh-huh, uh, yeah. Um, I at, at the, the time they they said they told me I could I, I kind of pick my title. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, we kind of we kind of went back and forth, and they ultimately they they decided yeah creative project specialist and um and so that's kind of it kind of described what I did it was just I, I was doing creative stuff um mm. you know and one of the things um um you had um oh now he's gonna kill me for not remembering his name um at Samford um Kevin Young. Kevin, yeah. yeah, you had him on a couple um, couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. and um, he's he's made some news for what he's doing down there as far as splitting up by um, what people are good at, and that's kind of what we did here, um, long before he did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, so I do, um, I you know, like I said, I say I'm in the sports information, and um, but I don't like I don't write stories, and I don't do stats. Um, I do all the creative stuff. And so here at Willamette, we've kind of divided that where, uh, Robert, our, um, I would call him our SID. He's the one that does the, the old school SID stuff. And then I'm the one that does the, the more, the new media and social media and video and, mm-hmm. and, and all that, that stuff. Um, and I forgot where, where I started with this. <laughs> oh, you're good. I do have a question for you if you just want to branch yeah. off of that. So, um, I, I re- uh, speaking of this creative project stuff, you do a lot of your graphics and things like that that people let really enjoy. We, we see a lot of your work. Uh, sometimes it pops up on uh, the uh, College Sports Graphic Design Group. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, feud. I wouldn't say feud, but the little challenge that you had at Willamette where you had to, uh, what was it, you guys pulled some student athletes to see which graphic that they liked better? Mm. Can, yeah. Can you detail yeah, so- all that? <sighs> So we have, at the time, we had some football coaches who were um, kind of a double-edged sword. They were super into, like, 
putting out their own content, which is great. Yeah, if you do it the right way, yeah. But some of the content was it, I I looked at it and it just it it drove me nuts. It 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 just to me it looked it looked terrible, just terrible. Uh-huh. And um, so we 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 had kind of gone through this thing where it's like oh, how do we how do we approach this and you know you know we kind of did it with a soft hand and like, okay, you know, I can help you with some things and like not, not jumping in and say, Hey, I'm going to do this, but trying to put it out there. Like I, I can help you if, if you, if you need some assistance, I can, you know, I, I can make things look a little better for you, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And, and it didn't really, nothing really happened. Um, and eventually it, they had posted something that someone on the other side of campus saw and was like, are you guys producing this? And I was like, uh, no, 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 absolutely not. And they're like, okay, uh, it's terrible. And we need to do something about this. And I said, okay. So, so now we've got, now it's not only just, it's not just me because design is subjective. Mm -hmm. And so I think it looks terrible, but there's maybe it's, maybe it's not as bad as I I think, but when you've got someone across campus, uh, saying, um, yeah, that's, that's not, that's not very good. Mm. Uh, so what we did is I, I came up with, um, I said, okay, here's, here's what they're, what, what they're trying, the information they're trying to convey in this graphic. Let me redesign that graphic to kind of fit in with the stuff we do, um, on, on the, the main athletic site. And so I did it, and we came up with two of them. And I look at them, and it's night and day. Um, and um, so, so we had someone bring it down to, um, uh, I think it was like the baseball player. I think the baseball players were practicing at that time. And they, we brought both of those down and showed it to them. It's like, which one do you like? And almost all of them liked the other one. And it just, it, it just, it, it blew, it, it blew my mind. It's like how. How, um, and it it was at that point where I realized how subjective design is, mm-hmm. it and and makes me double think about like I put, I put all kinds of effort into how our how our how we represent our brand and how things look and um, there are times when it's like that stuff's all important. But there's also like a component of recruits just want cool stuff. Right. It's like aggressive and like they liked the other one because it had like flames or something on it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I look at it and it's like these flames look terrible. They look so fake. But there's like, oh, it's like it's like aggressive and like and it's like you look at this one. It's look this one looks professional. That's the point. But there's some, but yeah. there's something about this one. It's just like, <laughs> okay. And so that, those are the kinds of things that like you need to, um, as you get older, you need to really think about that. What you think is not always the right, right way. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And, yeah. and being able to, to, you know, swallow your pride a little bit and be like, okay, Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't like this, but I see, I see what they were trying to convey, and if I can then convey that in a cleaner look, then we'll have something that I think both people will be happy with. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a learning experience, and in in this job, things move so fast, and um, it's a 
you know, and, you know, we're talking about a people, this is a people business. And, um, you know, we were in recruiting is, is the big thing and their people and people change and opinions change and, right. um, being able to, um, look at things as they're changing and say, okay, I, I don't get this, but I see that it's important. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, it, it, it's, it, it's a simple, I mean, you look at like playing music at a basketball game, you know, it's the same type of stuff. It's like this music, I do not like this music, but no. I, I see why we have to play it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a lot of, uh, I, I think what we do in our business, you know, especially as you get older is being able to, um, understand that different tastes, um, than yours, uh, may be the, uh, prevailing taste. Right. You kind of have to look at the, the recruits, um, how, how, what kind of videos are they watching? What kind of music are they listening to? What kind of movies are they watching? You know, things like that. Uh, the way that they're engaging, I think, with any sort of media. If you look at, I, I think there's a couple, and, and yeah, they're trash. I, I hate them to death. But these, like, little edits pages, um, they're not edits. That's not what that's called. Uh, but it's, like, my top five, you know, and it's got the guy floating around in the sky with, a, like, a Michigan State jersey on and a Kentucky jersey on. And you kinda, I think that's where it's, uh, it's more or less coming from. And I think, as yeah. you mentioned, as you get older, older that, uh, that adaptability, uh, I think, is the word you're looking for, is um, absolutely crucial. But not kind of lose your way, you know. I mean, and, right. I mean yeah, you, you still and have that, to stick with your what style. I, would, I was talking a little bit about, you know, with what we, we dealt with with the, the football graphic is that, you know, understanding that – like that really made me sit back and, and look at everything we did. And it's like, okay, am I, am, am I doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. And you know, the conclusion I came to ultimately was like, yes, I'm doing the right thing, but I think I can take what I'm doing and, and add some elements of what they're, what they're trying to yeah. convey and that, that like the energy and the danger and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that where, um, I wasn't really thinking about that. I, I was looking at it more of like, this is aesthetically pleasing. I look at this and this looks professional. It looks like someone spent time on it. Um, but I, I was missing that, that component of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So one more thing before we get to some fun questions, I, I know that you answered close to two years ago, but, um, noticed and, and you're, I think you told me about this and you're absolutely right. They didn't break a tie in your cross country championship. I am so angry about this. It, like this has been the, the, the I, up and down the hall. People are like, "Oh God, don't get him started on this again." Um, no, they don't. At our cross country championships, they decided that they do. So, as as a rule in our conference, we don't break ties. So, if um, two soccer teams finish with the same number of points, or two baseball teams finish with the same record, they are technically tied. They both win the conference. We have decided as a conference to apply that to cross country, but in order to do that, for anyone who is knowledgeable about cross country, there is a prescribed method for scoring. And so you yeah. score, you know, you know, there's there's here's how you score, blah blah blah. Once you've done that, if two teams have the same number of points, then you go back and you and you do essentially a tiebreaker, and that's how you score the meet. And so at the end of the meet, you present here are the results. Um, these two teams have the same number of points, but this is the winner and this is the second place. That's how you score cross country. Right. So as our conference, we've decided, well, we don't break ties as, as, um, in our conference. And so 
but that's not it, the way the sport works. Like, yeah, that, I, that's what I've been trying to argue. Yeah, until <laughs> I'm blue in the face, and it's just it 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 drives me nuts. And and it's one of those things where, according to the rules, we are well within our right to do that. Like as a conference, we can give the trophy to whoever we want. But what we what we've effectively done is created two sets of results. We have the results of the meet. Um, the, the physical meet, the, the race results, where there is a winner and a loser, according to the rules. And then we have taken those results and created a separate set of results that we use then to award a trophy. But then that confuses people because in the results, there is a, you know, you look at the physical results and there is a one-two. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's, that's, how the, that's how the that's how the scoring software produces it. All right. You know, I got <laughs> I got a call from uh, one of the teams that was hosted. It's like, hey, how do you how do you remove the tiebreaker? I was like, you, you don't. don't. <laughs> you, the software doesn't allow you to do that because that's that's not how cross country is scored. Um, but it, yeah, it's just it's one of those things that it's. Are, I think the people in, up and down our hallway are tired of hearing me complain about it because someone yeah. says something and I'm like, ah! You know, I'm just kind of looking on the outside of this whole thing, but that can't be the everybody gets a trophy mentality, can it? No, it, what it is is they, it's, it's, it's ultimately trying to fit every sport into the same... Like, same yeah, like, same... Yeah. Like we, we we don't break ties for football, so we don't break ties for crunch, cross country, and it's like okay, I get that, but there wasn't a tie to begin with, you know. Just because they had the same number of points doesn't mean that they were tied. Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's okay. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. I so, understand. So if if any SADs listening out there, if your conference has ties in cross country. Stop that right now. Get rid of it. <laughs> Write a letter to your congressman. That's Just right. Get rid of it. Should be it's, against uh, the law. That's right. <laughs> um, well, let's move on to some some uh, somebody sneezing out there. So move on to some fun questions that I like to usually ask. I know that you already answered some of these years ago, almost two years ago. I think you were telling me three months shy of two years ago. But yeah. Um, what is your favorite memory in your professional tenure? Um, I. It's hard to say. Um, There's just there's been so many, and nothing like stands out as like this was like the greatest moment of my professional career. Um, I know one of the one of the big moments um, in is this is what I said the last time I was on is I had I had put out um, a video on how I used InDesign and uh, StatCrew XMLs to automate some infographics mm-hmm. and at the time this this was one of this is me just like again we couldn't afford one of the fancy softwares that, that does it and so like how can i just figure out work, how yeah. to do this myself and, yeah. and so i figured it out and i put it out there and i got so much feedback from so many people and um you know i presented i presented at casida and people i mean still to this day i'll get a random email about this video that's on youtube from three years ago saying hey how blah 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 how do i do this how do i do that and um i it was at that point where i like i was just like i was just this nobody over here on the west coast kind of just doing my own thing and then all of a sudden there are all these colleagues from from schools big and small, you know, D1 schools, big D1 schools reaching out and saying, hey, can you give me some more information on this? And it's just like, 
it, it kind of makes you realize how small a community um, the sports information world is. And it, it was just, you know, it made me feel great and um, it made me uh, excited about putting more stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, you know, I, we had talked a, a little bit maybe before the interview about um, some of the tutorials that I've put out and I don't put tutorials out like as a, like today I need to do a tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more like when I come across something that I do that I think is cool and I think people may not know about, I'm going to record it. I'm going to put something out. I'm going to share it because that's, that's, that's how we grow as a, as a community and in, in is, is sharing what we're doing and sharing how we do things. And, um, and that, that, that it, feedback that I got from, from the, the automated graphics was just kind of reinforced that. And so, you know, still to this day, when, when I, when I do something, it's like, Oh, this is pretty cool. I think, I think people might like that. I'll share it. I'll put something together. And mm-hmm. to be, if it, nobody sees it, I don't care if um, some people love it, then great. You know, yeah. it's, there's sometimes I'll put things out and, and I won't get any feedback on and I'll forget about it. And then like a year later, There'll be I'll get a, a like just a random email from someplace like hey I just saw this this is great blah 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 thank you so much it's like all right okay, okay. good <laughs> somebody somebody got it uh-huh. yeah yeah I think you're absolutely hit the hit the uh, nail on the head with the um that how we want to help each other and that's why I like this community so much um and I'll tell you an, an example I've got them right here I custom make these little tiny helmet things like this was the Liberty Bowl Missouri helmet and um. I found I came across this group, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, and I just now seriously started to do it since I got all the equipment, all the chemicals and everything, and every time I go in and I try to ask a question, nobody answers me, and it's because, and somebody finally messaged me, and he said it's because they don't want to share their trade secret because they still have to sell. Mm, If everybody's going to do it, then no, yeah, they're just going to keep it to themselves, which I thought was absolutely terrible. Eventually, somebody talked to me, but and it just kind of it literally reminded me of how great and how close knit and how we all want to help each other with this. But uh, enough with that. Um, what about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story, other than naked ladies in the park? <laughs> um, I don't know if this is super like it's not a super horror story but a couple was it i guess it was was it last summer not this past summer the summer before um i had gone gone back home to um spend a couple weeks with my family and where my parents live um is just around the corner from houghton college and we had some a couple of our baseball players at willamette that were playing summer league in um in new york and they were going to play a couple games at Houghton College. It's like, oh, this cool. is perfect. I, yeah. I can, I'm going to be there. I get, I can I'll bring my video camera. I'll get some interviews. Um, it'll be some cool summer content from a like a different perspective that we would not normally be able to get. And so I do it, and I, I go and I take some pictures, and I set up the video camera, and um, we've got two players in the same team, and I record. I do one interview with one player, then. Uh, interview with the other player and then I go to stop the camera and realize that I it was never running <laughs> and so I have I have a video of 
of one of the players doing an interview in which I'm asking questions about both of them. Uh-huh. So, I, so I can't just use the one interview because mm-hmm. it, like, it just doesn't like it's the weird, whole. Yeah. <laughs> the, I, I had, I had the questions I had asked was the intent of mixing them in together, and and so I have this like one side of this this interview that just makes no sense. And I have this other – and I have nothing on the other side. And it's just like, oh, my god. I had this opportunity. It came all this way, and and I got nothing for it. Yeah. Fortunately, it, 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 I mean it wasn't a huge loss because it's like one of those things where you didn't have it. So you know we didn't lose anything, but uh-huh. it was it's super frustrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, when I worked for the news, uh, we went up to Purdue to do – for a press conference um, after – it was one of their press conferences. It was after one of their football games that they had lost. I go to set up my camera, uh, insert memory card, <laughs> <laughs> and our station's three hours back the other direction. So yeah. I, I, I was kind of SOL on that, and I, I said my bad after all that. But um, I know we've talked a lot of it, a lot of it. I know we've talked a lot about um, some advice that we've had for, for young professionals, but if you could boil it down to maybe one or two points, what is uh, – one piece, some pieces of advice you give to a student going into this profession. Uh, I, I mean, we've said it before: is is, is being flexible. Um, yeah. You need to be able to, you need to understand everything in the department. Um, if if you need, if someone asks you to, um, you know, mop the floor for the basketball game coming up, do it. Yeah. Don't 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 do it every every day. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> at some point, you got to say no. But be learning all the how everything works in the department. I, I even to this day, I get surprised with some of our coaches uh, who will ask a question. It's just like, how do you not know that? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because people get so they they get their blinders on and they just they want to do and it's. It's no fault of their own, but they just want to do what they do, and they want to keep improving that. Um, but you know, to to really thrive in um, in college athletics, um, and especially on the administrative side, I think you need to be able to understand everything in the department. You don't need to be an expert at ticket selling, but you need you should know how how that works, and um, you should be able to step in at any minute. Uh, that's uh, you know I, I I feel fully confident that at any point if I needed to step in and help someone else in their job I could do it I wouldn't be great at it but I would know enough to not fall on my face right away and mm-hmm. uh, I think that um, is super helpful and you know then you get to the point where you're doing things for your own um, job that may affect someone else's. But because you know how that works, you understand that the correlation between those two events, and I think you you make little different decisions because of that. Yeah. Um, when you look around the conference, maybe your country, uh, and you look at somebody, you say, "That's a good SID." What are some things that they do, or some characteristics that they have that make you say that? Uh, well, as a, a a track and field guy, I will tell you, anyone who uh, <laughs> anyone who who, who who puts a lot of effort into in and not just track and anyone who puts effort into sports that aren't football and basketball. Um, that's, I noticed that like if, if you put out great, uh, game notes for a football game, I don't care because mm-hmm. everybody, everybody does great notes for a football game. You know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, the people who understand that 
Uh, and, and granted, this may not apply at the D1 level, but uh, at the Division three level, our football players are just as important as our track or our swimming or our volleyball or whoever. Um, they're the same. They're the same level of importance to me, and um, they should be to everyone. And, and so, um, you know, when I see people who are trying to um, put some sort of stream together for a golf tournament – or, you know, stuff like that where you can see, okay, they they are trying to um, raise the level for the sports that mm-hmm. don't normally get raised. It's it's super easy to raise the level for basketball. It's super easy to, to do more for football. It's harder to do it for the those other sports. And when I see uh, departments and people who thrive with um, those other sports, to me that's – that's what sets me sets sets them apart in my mind is this person is is not going the route of uh, football's where all the glory is so that's where I'm gonna get my glory too mm-hmm. yeah yeah awesome so uh, what's one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession a little bit of everything really I I I, I started dinking around with motion graphics and after effects uh earlier in the in the fall and that's something i think i would like to do more of um it's uh it's it's one of those well it's 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 one of those things where i wish i could spend more time on because it's Mm -hmm. one of those things where the more time you spend on it the less time you have to spend on it um you know it's and i'm good enough in photoshop now where i can toss something together pretty quick i want to be able to toss something together pretty quick in after effects yeah, yeah. as of now i can't toss something together i can do no. it and it'll in the event in the end it'll, i think it'll look good but it, it takes way longer than it should yeah yeah it'd take me about a day just to toss something together just to figure that out but um work-life balance what do you do to have fun uh, I take naps. They're great. <laughs> um, uh, I've got a I've got a, a five year old daughter, and um, she's a, a, she doesn't have an off button. So um, the, most of my time that's not um, not at work is you know chasing her around, and um, you know I take the take the dog to the park every morning. So I get my get my five thousand steps in every morning, and. Um, that's, that's about it. I, I, I try to, I don't do, I'm not as active as I used to be. Um, it's more about, um, because I do work a lot of hours. It's when I'm not working is to be able to just sit down and take a deep breath and catch up and, um, um, be ready for the next, next adventure in the, in, in the department, whatever we got going on. Uh, I ask people this question sometimes. With your five-year-old daughter, how do you explain what you do to her? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if you're asking how, you, how do I simplify what I do, it's like I use computers to make cool stuff for sports. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's, she's, not, uh, she's not old enough yet to really even, even understand Comprehend much. Comprehend it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, she she tells me all the time. It's like I want you know I gotta you know, I've got to work. I gotta go to the game. And she's like, oh, I want to go to the game. It's like no, that's not you don't want to go. To the, yeah. <laughs> you you just want to go to the game so you can run around. You don't actually want to watch the game. You know. <laughs> so 
Yeah. Um, next time someone's in the Salem, Oregon area, what's your restaurant bar recommendation? Um, the Ram Restaurant and Brewery. They're a sponsor of Willamette Athletics, a partner <laughs> of the Bearcat Network for several years. It's right across the street. Um, it, it actually is. They're they are a sponsor, and they it, it is it's it's a good place. It's um, you know they they've got they've got it's all. Uh, they brew their own beer. I'm not. I don't like any of it. But apparently, yeah. in Oregon, uh, small brew stuff is people like that. Mm. Personally, I'm a I'm a PBR guy, so it's, <laughs> I don't I don't really fit in with the Oregon beer <laughs> crowd. But uh, yeah, um, yeah the, people people like the Ram. They have this thing called an armadillo egg. I don't know what it is. I I don't think it has anything to do with an actual armadillo. I was about to say, hopefully not literally. <laughs> no, it's some, it's some deep fried chicken something or other. It looks it's this little ball that looks kind of like an egg. They're pretty good. Yeah, we went to a uh, a food and beer fest down here in Evansville, and I didn't. We didn't. The two of us, we didn't fit into that crowd at all because it was like beer connoisseurs they were doing like local craft stuff and i just tasted it just tasted like watered down piss wine that's what it tasted like and, and we quickly figured out after an hour like hey we we don't belong here <laughs> we, we gotta go home um well you mentioned a couple things about a youtube channel that you have um you're also active on twitter i know you do side chat a whole lot so what's the best way we can get in touch with you and find you uh, easiest way to find me is on Twitter uh, at Chris Sabato. Um, you can search for me in Google as well. All kinds of stuff pop up. You know, my website is chrissabato.com. I don't update it a ton, but there's stuff there. I try to aggregate some of the videos I do there. And uh, like I said, it's not. I'm not. Uh, my my YouTube channel um, has a lot of st- stuff on it, but it's not something where I'm. And the, don't go yeah. there don't go there expecting something new every week <laughs> you'll post it whenever you feel like it That's, yeah uh, when i come yeah. across something cool i'll share it awesome well before we say goodbye to chris guys you can go to sidcast.fireside.fm slash 22 uh that aired on april 13th 2017 uh sidcast.fireside.fm slash 22 and that is how you will find chris's episode so uh chris thank you very much for coming on for a second time Absolutely, I love it. It's just I I get excited, especially when when a, when the new episode comes up with someone. I was like, oh, I know who that person is. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, I appreciate it again. Thanks for the kind words, man. Absolutely. Guys, there you have it. Be sure to leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. Next week, we will have Cindy Potter of the Columbia College Cougars uh, on the show. She's been patiently waiting with us. I know that she, she thought we were supposed to record today, but uh, as it turns out, it was actually on a Thursday, and we were going to go see Escape Room, so I wasn't going to get out of that at any point in time. I wanted to go see my movie and enjoy myself and my time with my girlfriend so we decided to do that but we will have cindy on next week for you guys we got a a great lineup coming up i'm super excited for you guys to be able to have access to these interviews that we are doing be sure to leave us a rating and a review like i said wherever you get your podcast follow us on social media at sports on twitter and facebook let me know what you think guys and we'll talk to you all in the next episode